Likutei Sichais, Chelik Yud, Volume 10, that is, Second Sicha for Parshas Noyach. This is a very Gishmaka Sicha with a beautiful lesson, a practical guide how to relate to other people's shortcomings and missteps. I can guarantee you that after learning the Sicha and internalizing it, you will never look at a Yid the same way you know you would have done before you would have looked at him before even or especially if that yid committed a sin or did something wrong or has certain behaviors that are not desirable let's start in connection to what it says in this parsha quote from the behema hatohera from the pure meaning the kosher behemas umin ha behema asher tahira, and from the behema which is not tohera so we know the famous uh, Chazal, the, 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 the sages tell us in the Gemara, that this teaches us that that a person should never um, express, should never verbalize a crude matter from the mouth. Meaning, whenever possible, we should try to avoid anything that's crude, anything that has a negative connotation, and always opt for the positive one. Why so? Where do you see it? Because when the Torah was describing the animals that Noyach was meant to bring into the Teva, what does the Torah tell us? He was supposed to take a certain amount from the Behemah HaTohira, from the pure, from the kosher animal, and then it says, And we know how much the Torah is careful and does not throw around any extra words, not even any extra letters. And here the Talmud points out, the Torah actually says it in a way that required it to add eight extra letters. It could have just said Tomei and it said so many more. And there's actually a, a, a debate as to how many letters the Torah added, but that's not important. The point is that the Torah went out of its way to say extra words. For what purpose? To teach us this lesson. Now says the Rebbe, that just like we have this special lesson, this special directive, for how to express yourself in a positive manner, likewise, we find a similar idea when it comes to vision, to how to look at another person. And that is later in the story, after they're saved from the Mabu. After the save from the flood, what happens? We know the story with Noyach. He planted the vines and he drank the wine and he became drunk and he was in his nakedness. And his son Cham comes in. And what does it say? It says, Vayar, he saw the nakedness of his father. And he went, he told it to his brothers. His brothers, shame in Yafis. The Torah tells us, quote, Vayel Chuacharan, as they walk backwards, is their face was backwards, their face was turned away. And they didn't see the nakedness of their father. Now, for the reward of this, which is a tremendous blessing that they received, it says that, you know, may Hashem, you know, Noah blessed them. And he said, may Hashem, the God of shame, may he be blessed. And Canaan should be eternally a slave to him. And Yaftel Ekimli Yefes, that Hashem should enlarge Yefes and that he should be a great, powerful nation and he was always dwell alongside shame or in the tents of shame. 
So you see that this is something very special, something very powerful. However, the Rebbe asks, why was it necessary for the Torah to add these words? The Torah tells us that they walked backwards and they turned their face away. So it's obvious that they would not see, or they not directly see, take in their father's nakedness. So why does the Torah make a point to stress, to underscore the erva saviyim loiro, and they did not see the nakedness of their father? Says the Rebbe, in order to understand this, will introduce the famous Torah, the famous saying from the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov says, quote, that when a peer, person sees some bad in another person, this is proof that he has this bad in himself. Like a person looking in a mirror. When you look into a mirror, if you put into that mirror if you're reflecting into the mirror a clean face, you're going to see a clean face. And if you see any schmutz, says the Baal Shem Tov, why are you seeing schmutz in that mirror? Because you have some schmutz on you. Because you're dirty. And therefore, that's what you see. Says the Rebbe, let's try to analyze this. Let's understand this. Why is it that we must say that the fact that you're seeing bad in another person is absolutely because Hashem wants to show you that you have, that you possess that bad and you have to correct it in yourself. Why can't it, why can't it be that what you're seeing is indeed in the other person and not in you? Why do we have to say that? The answer is because everything that happens in this world is by divine providence, by protest. And since Hashem made this happen, in other words, Hashem led it to such an encounter that you should see the bad, Hashem would have not have brought you to such a point, would have not have brought you to such an encounter to see bad in someone else if it wasn't meant to have also an effect on you, to tell you something, a message for you. In other words, Hashem would have not allowed you, would have not given you such an opportunity to see something bad in other just merely to see the bad in the other person and therefore it has to do with you too but the question is why is it necessary for it to be in such a manner why couldn't Hashem just give me the insight the perspective that after maybe examining myself I should see the bad in myself why do I have to see it in someone else? Why do I have to see it on that person and only then realize, wait, if I saw it on that person, this is a divine encounter, a divine encounter, and therefore, you know, by, by the an encounter by divine providence, and therefore it must be that I have it. What would have been wrong if I would have just seen it in myself and just understood on my own that this is something that I'm lacking? This is something that I, this is my schmutz. This is something that I need to fix. The answer is. Because the nature of the human being is, quote, al kol pishoyim the self-love, that special connection that we have to ourselves, does not allow us to truly, objectively, see the bad for what it is. In other words, if we were just doing a self-examination of our shortcomings, 
we not necessarily would have been able to fully and clearly see it. You know, that crisp, objective clarity that we need. This is wrong. This is bad. This is what needs to be corrected. Only after seeing it as someone else, and as someone else, we see it very, very subjectively. I mean, very objectively. And there we get a true perspective, a true picture of the bad, and afterwards, we need to take that and turn it to us as the mirror and say, ah, this is something I need. And then there's no running away from it. That's the Torah of the Balshempev. However, we're still left with a question. Why do we must say that the reason why we see the bad in someone else is exclusively for us to correct that very same thing in ourselves. Why can't we say that, yes, it's by divine providence, but Hashem was actually giving me an opportunity, a chance to help that person. We know that in the Torah there is an obligation of that when you see someone doing something wrong, you're supposed to set them right. You're supposed to try to help the Yid, of course, in a pleasant and nice manner, but you're supposed to set the Yid on the right track. So why can't we say that the reason why I saw the bad in that yid and I see it objectively and I fully appreciate the, the enormity and the severity of it is not for me to internalize it for myself, but to help that yid. Furthermore, we know that everything that was created in the world was ultimately created only as a means. Almost nothing in this world is a purpose in itself. Everything is a means. A means of what? A means to serve the world. A means to serve the Torah. And a means to serve us. The only thing that's in this world that is a purpose in itself is a Yid. Every Yid is a purpose in himself. That is because we're the purpose of the whole universe. We're the purpose of the whole creation. So where is the logic that the purpose that the other yid has bad is only a means for me to see in me, in myself, the bad that I have in me. So it's obvious that if I see bad in someone else, it's for what purpose? To help that person. That person is not just a means for me to see the bad in me. If that's the case, why do I have to also see the bad in me? Why do I also have to reflect it in me? Why wouldn't it suffice to just see the bad in that person, understand that a person needs help, and help them? And that is the purpose. Why does that also have to serve as a means for me to see it in myself? So to understand this, we need to get a better appreciation in this concept, in this topic, when do, does the Torah not use a negative expression? When do we not use a crude matter? When do we not, and when do we? Because the fact is, when you open the Torah, look in the Torah, throughout the Torah, over a hundred times the Torah says flat out and very clearly and directly the word Tame. Not Loitoher, but Tame. And likewise, there are other examples 
where although there are times when it's highlighted that the Torah tries to say it in a very positive, in a very uh, positive uh, pr- uh, representation, yet other places it doesn't. And each place has its reason. But as a general rule, we do find that the Torah says things in what appears or seems to be a negative expression. So what is the what is the what is the proper un, um, uh, understanding of this? In other words, what is the what is the 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 criteria here? When does the Torah use more or or would opt to use a more positive expression versus when does the Torah say it's very straight and very direct and give us a very well even if it's a negative word even if it's a word like tome or bad and yet the Torah will use it. The answer is, when the Torah is teaching us a halacha, when the Torah is telling us a rule, a law, a directive, a command, then it has to be precise. It has to be direct. You have to say it in the clearest manner possible. And that's when the Torah will say, Tommy. That's when the Torah will say directly, call it as it is. Because when it comes to halacha, when it comes to commands, when it comes to directives, you can't play with the words. You, know, you can't use euphemism. It can't be ambiguous. It has to be very clear. However, when relating a story, when giving us a narrative, then we find that the Torah would many times, not all times, but many times, enough times to teach us this point, it would opt to give it to us in a more positive uh, expression, in a more positive manner. And a good example for this is when the Torah speaks about the halachas of soldiers being out in the field and the machan in the camp, the Torah says, quote, when there'll be a man that will have an incident which is not pure. Asher lo mikri loyal. Because of a night occurrence. Says the Torah, he should go out He should go outside of the camp until he becomes pure. Until the day passes, he goes to mikveh and so on. The point over there is what? The halacha over there is what? That he has to go He has to go outside of the camp. But in the narrative that he's telling us the story, not the determination if he's Torah or not, if he's Torah or Tomei, but just telling us that he happens to be not Tomei, over there you see that in the narrative itself, the Torah again opts, the Torah prefers and uses extra word in order to describe that he is Tomei. Instead of saying he's Tomei, the Torah uses extra words and says, Asher lo that he is not Torah. So that proves the point that when it comes to telling us a halacha, you have to say this thing is Torah or Tomei, good or bad. You can't say, eh, it's not good, it's bad. That's to determine halacha. But in telling over a story, in telling over a narrative, there the Torah will many times prefer and and share with us an expression which is not directly bad. It's not a direct, you know, negative uh, connotation. Put it more in a positive way. And that will help us understand what we asked before. The question we discussed about seeing bad in another person. The Rebbe explains, when you see bad in another person, that is your determination that you need to reflect that on you. 
that that is Hashem showing you a mirror of what is lacking in you, the badness in you. You see, when you see someone else do wrong, when you see someone else make a mistake and you dare to correct them, that's okay. That is an obvious sign that by divine providence, you were meant to help that yid. You were there to help that yid and you're going to help that yid. But if you see bad, what are the words of the Baal Shem Tov? If you see bad in the person, that means you look at the person and you're finding negativity in the person. You're not just seeing what you need to correct, but you're starting to see the bad. You're starting to see the, the shortcomings in that person. That is proof that you need to fix that very bad that you're seeing in that person. That was the words of the Baal Shem Tov. If you read it closely, the Baal Shem Tov didn't say anytime you see someone doing something wrong, that means that you have that. Why would you have that? Imagine, I'm just using my own words now. A chassid comes to the Rebbe for a tikkun. Does that mean that the Rebbe did that? But if the Rebbe doesn't see bad in the person, he sees a good person and he sees something that needs to be corrected. That's something else. But the moment you start to see bad in the person, the bad that you're seeing is your bad. The schmutz that you're seeing is your schmutz. This, the fact that, again, just to, 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 to reiterate it, the fact that you're showing something that you need to correct in another person or help them with, that's fine. But the fact that you start seeing bad, that already means that there's something wrong with you. And you need to find that bad in you, in you, and that's why you're seeing bad in someone else. And this will answer the original question we asked. Why is it that the Torah says to us, after describing the manner in which they walked, where they couldn't have seen anything, and the Torah again emphasizes, and they did not see the nakedness of their father. Now we have a clear understanding. If you think about it, what did Cham do that's so bad? What did he do? It doesn't say anywhere in the Pasuk that he laughed at his father. I mean, without getting into the Mepharshim, but in the, in the clear words in the Pasuk, he went and he told his brothers. He saw something and needed to be corrected. Maybe he couldn't take care of the situation himself. The fact is it took two brothers, Shame and Yafis, to correct the situation. So why is Cham painted in such a bad light? Why was he cursed because of it? The answer is, by Cham it says, and he saw, Vayar Cham, he saw the nakedness of his father. He didn't just see a problem that needs to be corrected. He saw the nakedness of his father. Versus them, they were fixing the problem. They were taking care of the problem. They were helping their father. In this case, in our case, we'd be helping the other yid. Get rid of the bat. And the Torah emphasizes, and they did not see the nakedness of the father. Even while taking care of the problem, which it was obvious a problem, but they didn't see their father's shortcomings. They didn't see their father in a negative light. They saw the problem and they took care of it. This, this is the proper approach. This is how a yid needs to approach another yid when they see bad in another yid. Well, they see, I'm sorry, they see, you know, the yid make a mistake or do something that's, that's bad. Not see the bad in the other yid, but they see the problem that needs to be corrected. And this is the Haidah for us as the Rebbe.
When you hear or you see that Nebuchadnezzar did a transgression, did something wrong, did something that's not appropriate, you first of all, and obviously, certainly not allowed to talk about it to anyone, to go and, 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 and paint it in a negative light and, 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 and spread it, obviously. But not only that, you're not even supposed to see the bad in the other person. You're supposed to not even think about, oh, wow, look what kind of bad person it is and so on. All you're supposed to do is deal with the issue, deal with the matter that that Yid now needs help in. And that is the reason why Hashem showed it to you. That would be, the, so to speak, the beginning and the end of the reason as to why you encountered it and why it came to your doorstep to help that Yid. The Yid just providing you an opportunity. But never, ever to look at that Yid in a negative way. And says the Rebbe, what is the blessing for this? What is the blessing? What did Noyach bless his kids who did do it in a positive way and didn't look at his bad, even though there was bad? They fixed the bad, but they didn't look at him as bad. He said, Baruch Hashem Shem. Blessed is the God of shame. And that even Yefes, who is not going to be a Yid, but he should always dwell and be welcomed in the tents of shame. What is that? Says the Rebbe, that through this you, be, you become a tent, you become a dwelling place. We have the merit through looking at another year in a positive way to be true kalim, true vessels for Torah, because we know the Torah is the ultimate vessel for peace, for shalom, and of course, until we, the ultimate to be zeicher, to see the geula, to see the shechina dwell in the house of shame, in the, um, the, 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 the house of the God of shame.